I kind of resent the name Peacemaker. Mm. Um, Tell us about this resentment, please. Get angry about it. (laughs) Get mad. Um, I mean, I've seen and experienced online uh, that like when I say I'm a nine, someone will come at me and say, oh, you can't be a nine because you're starting shit right now. Mm -hmm. You know, and I'm like, well, I mean, isn't that the fucking point? Like, isn't that, isn't that what a nine's supposed to be doing and getting away from being that peacemaker? I think like, okay, um, I have to bring this back to, uh, relationships, I assume, because, um, that's where a lot of my like growth and experiences come from. Um, so peacemaking in its most honest degree for me is including myself in conflict because what happens when I don't in, in the, um, in the relationship world is I'm forgetting that I'm half of that relationship. I'm getting sour. I'm getting angry. And then peace is really starting to go away. Peace is really starting to decline. The big hormone Enneagram. Hi, it's John here. I'm a sexual self-prize for the five, four, five, eight, tri-type. Hi, David here. I'm a self-prize sexual nine with a one, nine, seven, four, tri-type. Hey, it's Emika. I'm an eight wing seven sexual type with the eight, five, four, tri-type. Hey, it's Nancy. I'm a self-prize social three, wing four, and three, six, nine, tri-type. Welcome, friends and comrades, to another episode of the Big Hormone Enneagram. Our episode today is about the paradox of type nine, the crown of the Enneagram, the dreamer within the dream. And I'm joined today by my friends and co-hosts, John, our fourth-way Enneagram Bay, Nancy, our half-marathon queen, and David cult daddy gravid and myself (laughs) emica the saint juice and also joining us today we have our special guests tara hillman a sexual self-pres nine wing eight nine seven four and alexandra arroyo as a veto a social self-pres nine wing one nine six three welcome Nines, nine, 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 nines. So <laughs> you can't interrupt nines, though, because then we'll feel like we don't matter. <laughs> we'll just create a lot of space and let you guys fill it. Oh, God. <laughs> and then you don't want to do worse. that either. <laughs> That's right. So we have been looking at the attachment types. We did three, and we interviewed Miss Nancy a great deal. And then we had uh, Farah on. We did a lot with uh, six. And so we've been looking at what is attachment and how does it function and operate? Um, and uh, how does that contribute to nineness and the behaviors of nine? And, you know, uh, there was a couple of weeks ago when uh, it was just David, Emeka, and I. And David was uh, asking Emeka and I about our tri-type, 458854, whatever which is a, a kind of a contrast to the attachment types. 
So um, sort of this this inquiry of looking at, you know, like one of the things that has come up in groups a lot has been uh, four versus nine and how come they're so easily confused by people that just read descriptions and what is actually going on inside um, the attachment types that distinguishes them from, you know, any other type, but especially like four and whatever. And I know that we have at least uh, two uh, triple attachment types, Nancy and Alexandra, and uh, we have the, the the variations of nine instincts. So, does anybody any any nine want to respond or comment on what I just said? Silence. <laughs> <laughs> Alexandra, you first. Oh, geez. Um. So is. To be more specific with the question, are you asking for why, like why a nine can mistype as a four? Well, I'm I'm curious about uh, how you experience nineness, and then how nineness is related to being an attachment type, and and what that means for you experientially, and then we can get into like theory about it. Mm. Um, how do I experience being a nine? I I mean, I know you used to identify as a different type, and so I don't know if that that contrast or that that leads into it for you mm -hmm. i mean the withdrawn um aspect is the most obvious one i originally mistyped as a different withdrawn type not a four quite proud of that um, <laughs> but i mean it was five so it's not that far off <laughs> um but yeah it was it was the withdrawn part i do have um with five specifically what i was what I originally saw myself in was um, the withheld nature, I guess, just being, um, yeah, a little bit removed. Um, a focus on composure was a big component for me, too. So in order to see nine, in order to see myself in nine, I had to see all of those uh, represented in different parts of my type. And ultimately, it was um, and is. But um, what hmm. is composure? Um, just keeping a level head, I guess, just keeping, just keeping like a, yeah, just a calm demeanor in the face of things that would be stressful. Balance. And that's, yeah. And that's something that I thought was, uh, particular to five, obviously very incorrect about that. Um, but I didn't originally see that as a nine trait. I thought nines were just, just naturally calm the whole time and not like hiding the fact that they were not calm. I see. So it was a way of, of, um, masking is probably not the right word, but of, of somehow dealing with your inner not calmness was to present a calm persona. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Why? Yeah, and that's why, what, why did that feel important to you? Or why did that feel like a useful strategy? What being calm? Yeah. Um, I don't know. We've talked about it a lot in the chat that I just have personally, I have a lot of um, insecurity around looking like messy or erratic or, you know, un like disorganized or anything like that. Um, and also, I think just presenting that way only adds to the stress of whatever situation is happening. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, I mean, there's a lot of aspects to it. Also, like, I can't think clearly when a lot of chaos is, is going on. So my number one strategy becomes to, or ends up being trying to calm myself down as much as possible so that I can think of something because everyone's panicking. 
And why why has it become hard for you to uh, feel clear inside when stuff is cr- crazy around you? Um, or what's the experience of it? I feel it in a physical way. Like mm. I feel like my chest kind of tightening up or sometimes like I like heat starts to rise up a little bit. And, and I guess this is where the anger part comes into play because I do feel, um, yeah, just like, I don't know, I, maybe it manifests as like an irritation that people mm-hmm. can't keep themselves together, but I don't know if that's, if that's, and I don't know if I'm saying anything there. Well, <laughs> yeah, totally. You're, you're t- talking about, um, sort of body impressions, right? Mm-hmm. So it's, so you're, you're, you're having an experience, if I may say, uh, of the, whatever the chaos is around you in its flush through your body. Right. And so that's a particular, actually pretty powerful kind of sensitivity. It's an oversensitivity, right? Mm-hmm. Cause, Cause you're, you're spreading yourself into everybody that's around you that is the chaos and the whole environment and the energetic chaos of it you're you're becoming one with it at a Mm -hmm. body level right yeah definitely yeah can you guys say something about um how much relating to emotional sensitivity or just sensitivity in general uh contributed to you thinking you might be a four or a five. Tara, can you say something about that? Um, yes, I, I would say that I, I, I identified as a four um, because I do experience anything subtle in the, in the field around me, any type of emotional shift, I register very strongly. And I think that is because as a nine, I'm so wired to feeling the environment around me. I'm so um, attuned to the feelings of other people. But any little thing that that happens, I've experienced in a huge way. Whereas my my other four friends are like, that's not a big deal. That's not a big deal at all. But I'm like, well, that was an emotion. Like we we all felt something just then. And and um, so I think I think the way that uh, for me as a nine, small shifts are registered in a very large way. And so I identified as being a feeling type when actually after discovering that I was a nine, I realized that that isn't exactly how it was happening for me. I, I tend to, I am much more instinctual and I tend to know things rather than feel things. Mm. I didn't have that distinction before. I had always thought that um, as I was registering shifts in the room, that it was all emotion and feeling and that I was this deeply feeling kind of a uh, very porous person, but I think it was more just registering instinctual, even somatic shifts in the room. So that's super interesting. Can you yeah. say more about that distinction between feeling and you said somatic shift, would you call it sensation or would you call it intuition or something else? I would call it, I, I think I'm experiencing it on a somatic level. It's a, it's a very instinctual, um, it's almost like walking into the room and instead of feeling everybody at an emotional level, it's more, um, it's more primal than that. It's literally a somatic, uh, mm-hmm. a somatic connection to the people around me. But I think that also has to do with being a sexual type. And so there is a, there's an awareness 
somatically. I think that's, that's very heightened for me as a nine. But when I enter a room or whenever I um, am with other people, I think that a lot of what I'm feeling is based on a somatic level. And I, I experience that um, it would almost be intuitively, but when I when I slow the process down, it's it's not necessarily intuitive. It's instinctual. It's in, it's in the body. That's how I'm picking it up, and that's I think a, that's why I just I differentiate between that's not what I'm feeling. That's what I'm sensing. Mm-hmm. I'm sensing it in the body. Feeling. And so, I used to conf- Go ahead. Sorry. Yeah, I used to confuse that with feeling, and I don't think that's feeling anymore. I think that's that nine instinctualness. I think of it as feelings and thoughts have articulated words around them, right? Whereas the nine experience is nonverbal, right? Mm-hmm. So it's a whole other kind of base of operations. I feel it's rested deeper than emotion. Mm-hmm. Whereas if I, yeah, it's like if I, if when I'm operating at emotion, it's different. But whenever I'm sensing and feeling, it's what's rested beneath that. Alexander, do you relate to what they're saying? Yes, I especially what Tara just said about feeling that it's deeper than emotion. Um, there is more of a sort of innate knowing sometimes. And I think that's why it registers. Um, that's why that knowing registers so physically for me. Um, so if I could go back to like my original typing, I did originally type myself as a five with a four wing. So, and I think that I was, and my, my justification for it was that I do like feel, you know, emotions strongly, but I'm kind of zipped up about it. And, you know, I'm, I'm wondering now if that is even the case, because I relate a lot to what Tara is saying. One thing I wanted to throw in real quick too, is that that the, the word knowing has come up and that's a word that, uh, that to me is a, a good word around the gut types, right? Like it's really obvious with eights and ones that there's a whole lot of quote unquote knowing going on. Like they overly know how everything should be done in any given moment, right? They know the way, right? So part of being a gut type is this sense of knowing that's, unconsciously deeply unconsciously emanating from your body right and so with nines the knowing is a kind of knowing about what's happening in the environment with the people and the energy in the room there's a knowing right and it's and that that level of knowing just as it is with eights and ones it sort of doesn't need a reason it doesn't need words right it doesn't need an argument like the head type need right and it doesn't need specific emotional definitions and the nuances of you know the subtle interminglings of different kinds of emotions um it's just uh you're you're actually sort of musically resonating in your body with some kind of tone i i really love how you put that david i i kind of look at it as being attuned to the somatic truth attune attunement Mm -hmm. yeah like a somatic truth that just sort of pervades and being attuned to that being able to to drop into that so in inner work gurdjieff work and all that difference between feeling and sensation is like a huge hurdle for 
Mm. I mean, first of all, it's a, it's a very basic practice and surprisingly, um, very few spiritual traditions emphasize sensation very much. Um, or if they do, it's very, you have to really dig for it. It's not, um, like a basic practice or one of the beginning practices, but Gurdjieff work, it's a major thing. And it's in some Eastern traditions as well. And most of the time, what people think they're registering as feeling is actually some form of sensation. And um, a lot of what we call emotion is just um, reactions to things going on in our bodies. Mm-hmm. And uh, so it's interesting to look at, um, you know, this sense, this, this quality of sensation that we're finding in nine together and, and how it's related to feeling and emotion and how it's easily mistaken for such. But how, as y'all are saying, it's like deeper. And as a four with a five wing, um, what you guys are talking about feels very distant. So it's very interesting for me to kind of like, even, even the, the three-way conversation y'all are having is, is really interesting from the point of view of like, you know, as my narcissism is like, oh, I'm deep. And then you guys are like, well, it's deeper. And I'm like, where, where are you going? Where, where is this? <laughs> or, um, and, but one thing I'm, I'm curious about or interested in is something that we've talked about in the group a lot. Um, Naranjo, uh, you know, attributed different defense mechanisms to the different types. And I don't give a shit about all the defense mechanisms or anything, but it's an interesting jumping off point because he, he attributed introjection to four and i don't think introjection is is uh, at home or related to four and i think the attribution of defense mechanisms to types is a little bit artificial because we all use them but i think introjection is a much better um description of what nines do unconsciously where part of the in my experience or my understanding is that the attachment types there's a uh they're attached to um situations objects and people that that um, offer the protective function that our parents played and the nurturing function. And so as an adult, there's a part of uh, the psyche that is outsourced in some way to the environment. And I think that introjection and all this stuff is describing the way that 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 kind of openness and receptivity to the environment is really, really big in nines and how a lot of their emotional stuff or sensation-based stuff is is being absorbed in some way uh, from the environment and how, like, in contrast to other types, nines are incredibly absorbent. Does that fit y'all's experience? Definitely. Um, I would just say about the introjection part that that to me is where a lot of times, first of all, my family is the one that um, told me my type. They said, you're a four. And I think that's because I had this eight wing that was constantly dramatizing things but I introjected a lot of the a lot of the um you know the the judgments that my family put on me you know being dramatic or and that's where I internalized a lot of the shame Mm. and the more I learned from my four friends the more that you know I see that they wouldn't have taken that on so easily and as a nine I absolutely took that on. And, and then I, I began to think of myself as a very narcissistic, self-absorbed, dramatic, temperamental person that needed to constantly try to manage their emotions better. And that was, I, I think, a huge part. Is that, I mean, would that be an example of like the ultimate totally. introjection? Totally. I mean, like what you just said is taking things on, like 
so I am one of Tara's four friends, and we are good friends, not on the internet, but in in person. And uh, yeah, in the conversations we had, like I don't really take things on, so to speak. I don't really internalize things easily from my environment. Um, and that was something that seemingly came up a lot for you, right, Tara? Mm-hmm. Definitely. Yeah, and it was the, the seeing the difference between that, how easily I would take something on. And then to the I would take it on to the point that in my writing and in everything, my whole identity was questioning these these things that I had internalized that other people had put on me. Whereas John would have, you know, handled this completely different. But for me, unpacking all of those internalized um, projections was has been a huge part of my 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 life and uh, i don't see my four friends having that issue alexandra you relate yes definitely definitely i'm trying to think of like what exactly i've been taking on because i don't even think that's something i've considered very much but i'm sure that that's part of of where that original identity of being a five came from is i was always told that i was quiet um like relatively bookish um keeping it together kind of like images like that that fit with nine wing one very well but I was also when I found the Enneagram I was also like suggested to look into five first so and then I took tests of course and that I think with that already being in my head that's where um that's where it came up pretty highly for me and 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 yeah so I mean even now um finding nine it still is how do I say that it's still I guess a challenge to speak to people that know me as as a five in their heads that I'm actually a nine because I don't know how to contest like their perceptions of me. Is that saying anything? So one thing I'd throw in about that is that another there's the flip side of the coin idea, which is that a lot of nines, because they're so absorbent, are gonna make a point of finding a wall if they can inside themselves so to speak or like literally withdrawing so that they're not taking on mm-hmm. other people's stuff yeah. or finding some kind of internal mechanism to stop this absorption like ah uh, you know cuz you are yeah. cuz nines are a gut type and so there is this autonomy thing so that's a weird contradiction of you know wanting to not be swung around by all of the energy flying around in the room, so to speak, um, and and the fact that it's a reflex, right? And so you might find some internal resources, so to speak, to just stop that uh, as best you can. And that might be easier too, with to some degree, with um, sexual last nine. And I think that might be some differentiation with you and Tara and mm. what you're describing. Because yeah, my because like I'm SPSX, and I think there is an element of the SX, maybe kind of intertwining with at a almost a close level what's going on for other people, and sort of possibly being lured into that, even though it's um, perhaps not to my own benefit or calm or peace or something but you're yet you're being taken into it kind of that makes Mm -hmm. sense yeah Yeah. you know i noticed oh go ahead oh no go ahead 
I was, well, I mean, I was just going to say that, um, yeah, I do feel. Don't want to interrupt the nines, no. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Is that I do feel strongly that I either go into what is suggested for me all the way. I'm sure being triple attachment adds to that also. But if something is placed in something, if something's sort of attached to me by someone else, I have to consider that fully fully and I almost have to experience Mm. it fully in order to know whether or not it's true for me um and if and and of course there's the other side where if it's suggested like too hard or suggested by someone I don't like or don't have respect for then I I completely push it away and of course it's not direct either my way of pushing it away is just taking myself out of the equation completely that was interjection, that first thing you described. I yeah, mean, definitely. You're taking yeah. it in completely and having to question yourself, is this me? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Alexander, uh, I think you're an eight. Yeah. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> the thing I was going to mention about um, nine, like sort of the paradox or contradiction that's inherent in it, that to me is similar to six and that sixes are doubting, but also trusting at the same time. And so nines are absorbing, but they're also resisting at the same time. So yes. you can't, you can't, uh, you know, a lot of times we say that nines will take on or absorb things and, and take on other people's perspectives, but it's kind of, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I'm, I'm really considering that, but I'm also actually resisting that. Mm-hmm. So you don't ever know uh, if a nine is actually taking it on. Um, they don't know. And so it's kind of unpredictable, kind of like sixes. You don't know what you're going to expect if this person is doubting or maybe they're trusting and they're doubting at the same time. For me, my experience of nines and in all the years of watching typings go on is that um, nines will seemingly take things on that they didn't actually didn't actually take on. They were resisting the whole time or they actually fully took it on and they went into that completely and then they lost it, slipped away, and they took something else on. Or they resent it. The anger comes up that they did take it on, right? Yeah. 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 Or they'll take something on and they'll just stick with that thing that they've taken on and they'll resist anything else that's suggested outside of the thing that they've already taken Mm. on. So I I see it as a sort of a, a paradox between absorbing and resisting at the same time. Yep. I really like how you put that because that's my... I, I really identify with that. Um, somebody will present something to me and I am very diplomatic. Um, that's, uh, I have a, I have a very receptive personality um, and I'm diplomatic about, oh yes, I heard that. And, you know, there, there seems to be a lot of times a consideration of that or <laughs> whatever's been suggested, but actually there, there could be an incredibly strong internal resistance. Mm-hmm. And then what will happen later is if I felt like I lost some of my autonomy in that interaction, if I wasn't able, um, if I if I went past the line and and uh, did go along a little bit more than what um, what I meant to, then later what happens is that wall comes up completely, where um, that person may not even know why they have suddenly been blacklisted from my life, mm-hmm. or like there's no interaction whatsoever that happens after that. Um, so I think in some ways it can appear that a nine is taking something on or that they're going along with something while the whole time underneath that, their experience could be like, nope, this is what's not happening. This is absolutely what is never happening all the while, like smiling. Oh, yes, yes. Let's let's uh, let's revisit this conversation later. Sure. Okay. 
you have a nice day. Cold blooded. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. Nancy, are you there? Yeah, I'm here. Sorry, I've been like super sniffly. So you are mated with a nine. Uh, <laughs> you have been mating Gross. with a nine for some time. <laughs> yeah, I have been. I uh, mean, like a bug or something, but yeah. <laughs> Got a so, succubus. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah. Have you experienced what they're all, what our our nine friends here are speaking to? Yeah. Um, Being absorbed was... and resisted at the same time. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. <laughs> I was gonna I was gonna make a few comments. Um, it is kind of like a you never quite know what you're going to get. Um. <laughs> <laughs> trying to put this in the most diplomatic way don't do um, diplomatic. Don't yeah, yeah you can just don't. say it, Rip just them say apart. it. okay <laughs> okay well well my my nine boyfriends in the other room too so <laughs> he's <laughs> absorbing all of this hate <laughs> I don't think he'll resist it he'll resist it I think he's involved in his video game so i doubt he's even knows that i'm talking um yeah so it's you never quite know what you're getting um it so for me it can be quite hard to read a nine because um no it (laughs) thanks it it seems like y'all have the same outward reaction a lot of times whether you're what whether you're resisting or not and it almost seems like that's like a way to control like that's right. That's a yeah, good word. To control. Because it's like, oh, well, if they don't, yeah, if they don't know if I'm resisting <laughs> or accepting, then I can decide if I'm resisting or accepting. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yep. yep. Yeah. So yep. it always kind of feels like I'm not walking on eggshells, but just like checking in a lot. Aloof is a power play. Mm-hmm. Yep. Mm-hmm. Aloof. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I noticed People that as a nine. Go ahead. I noticed that as a nine, I'm one of the one of the ways I I navigate is I don't reveal my emotional location a lot of times to people, and that is one of the ways that I yep. do control my environment. Yep. Um, and so, and it, and also in the same uh, in the same breath, it, I from the people in my life, they often have to invite me several times in order to share that experience. But that is a natural thing for me is not to reveal the emotional location, which is also interesting because people think I'm an open book. <laughs> yeah see that's and what i was gonna say yeah it's laughable it's mm-hmm. laughable <laughs> so what happens if you reveal your emotional location it's just such a private and precious experience for me um because i do i do my experience for me um is incredibly personal i write it in a diary and um, I, I have a diary practice every day. So all, all the things that I'm holding, I, I give a lot of value to. And so as a nine too, constantly feeling, you know, maybe erasing myself um, or being sensitive to other people, not holding my experience in, a, in a, a valuable or precious way. One of the ways that I've learned to navigate life is simply, I'm not going to share this part with you until mm-hmm. you've really, really earned it. Because the disappointment and the hurt and the betrayal that I'll feel if you don't listen to this, if you don't know how important this is that I'm revealing to you, you know, like it, the, the disappointment will be crushing to me. And so mm-hmm. I've actually had um, prepared to have important conversations where intimate partners even didn't know that I was revealing something to them that for me was very precious. And I, I felt their attention shift and I just trail off in mid-sentence and it's never to be discussed again. 
because what I had to say was so precious to me that I I couldn't bear another time to to put that information out and it me, not be held. To me, an aspect of that too is that as a nine, <clears throat> uh, again going back to this sort of body base of operations is when you tell somebody something like what you're talking about you actually want them to have the experience mm -hmm. of it right that that you want it to be something that resonates in their body i mean you want it to be that fully um that's the standard that you have for somebody hearing you yeah taken in yeah, taken in. You you want it's not just um So you, you know, want another nine to listen to you. Yeah. It's, it's basically yeah, exactly. But, but what Tara, what you're what you're saying, correct me if I'm wrong, but just just to see if I'm hearing you. What you're saying is that sometimes you'll present something that's really intimate, but in a in a way that the other person doesn't understand or doesn't hear how important it is to you and so that you'll kind of midway kind of abandon selling it or abandon describing it because they don't get it and so and you can see that they don't get it and so you just kind of give up on it is that what you're saying right and it's a way of, of self-erasing too so there's always like a level of shame mm. that happens afterwards like oh i couldn't communicate my experience again and this experience is too precious so i can't risk this person having heard it and not getting it if they can't meet me here in this place. So then there's, there's not revealing, not revealing the emotional location becomes a pattern. That's, um, uh, I mean, that's really interesting because on one hand, I could see that being uh, very difficult for people who are partners with nines to understand. Mm -hmm. And uh, something probably nines don't even realize they're doing, but, you know, in contrast to uh, like, you know, just my type, it's like, this is my emotional location, okay? <laughs> it's right here. Get with it. You know, come on board. Fucking yeah. experience this. This is it. <laughs> I contact now, you know, this kind of thing. And if you don't listen the first time, they'll make sure they repeat it until you do. Yeah. yeah. I'm yeah. yeah. Over and over and over. This is important, you know, the narcissism and stuff. And for me, for me, I'm like, I'm gonna let you in on a secret. This is what's happening for me, and if it, and for me, it's it's like that big of a deal, like a secret that I'm, I'm sharing in some way. <laughs> this is this is what's going on. You know, it's almost like want to whisper it to them, and if they don't get it, then it's like that. You know, the voice trails off and it goes back into the you know the box. It's <laughs> not to be. We're not going there again. You don't get that anymore. It it seems to me like it's always a, a big deal for nines about being seen, like stepping forward and being mm -hmm. seen. So maybe in a in a romantic relationship, like I'm revealing this thing to my partner, and if they don't receive it with the amount of weight that this, they're not making as big of a deal as it is for me as a nine that I'm stepping forward and I'm is such a big deal for me, and this person isn't reacting or they're not receiving it um, the way that I would hope then it's like, I guess I don't really matter. So I'm just going to drop this. I should have never even right. said anything. Exactly. Yeah. It's exactly like that. Yeah. Yeah. And if it, so, go, ahead. go ahead. No, you. So. No, you. I couldn't. You. I couldn't. I'm sorry. So um, Nancy's original question. Um, what was, oh, what happens if you give away your emotional location? Mm -hmm. um, so I, I relate largely to what, 
to what Tara is talking about. Um, there's another aspect for me that I'm also controlling not having to deal with the reaction of mm -hmm. what yeah. happens if I give the that ripple. away. Yes. Mm -hmm. So a lot of it for me is, okay, if I know, sometimes I don't know, but a lot of times I do know <laughs> that this will not be received well, or I, or it could be um, sort of what Tara was talking about, kind of dismissed or not like revered as much as it, I feel like it should be. Um, so in order to avoid that feeling of dismissal or that feeling of, um, rejection or just the overwhelm. Okay. So to put it more clearly, um, I'm going to withhold how I feel about a situation in order to keep you from sort of blowing up at me, because then not only am I not seen, but I'm having to deal with your issue that you're giving to me now. Does that make yeah. sense? Because you're absorbing, and then, you're and then absorbing I get, their, their reaction. Yeah, and then it becomes me doing sort of double work. Like, okay, well, fuck whatever I had to say. And also now I have to care about this, and I shouldn't have to. Why do you have to care about it? I mean, I guess I don't, but it, it becomes... Because it's resonating in my body. Yeah, now it's, yeah. Now it's something that I'm feeling now. And that only, you know, that only makes me... Yeah. more angry yeah yeah also so you the, so you, sorry david but you take it you take it on without really uh permission like it just comes into you mm -hmm. okay. yeah oh yeah it's totally a reflex uh where i was going to go is tara the word secret right so like other personality types would just be being themselves as opposed to having a bunch of secrets right so right. it's like we're there's all this stuff that we're not saying all the time. Um, and so then it's a big deal to let this one thing out, right? It's a secret, right? Yeah. And, and I'm letting you in. I mean, and even that language is letting you in on, right? So there's that like, kind of interesting. In my experience, I'm having a deeply revelatory thing happening for me right. a lot of the time. And so to to share any little bit of it. It, it, yeah, it becomes my inner world is a very secret, precious world. And it takes a great deal for me to let someone in on that. And, mm -hmm. and the people in my life are often very oblivious to that. And it goes back, I think, to what Nancy was saying, too, is that there's, there's kind of like a poker face aspect to nines where you really just don't know what's happening with them. And there's a, um, like a calm exterior. But, but below that and deep within that, there's, for me, a very revelatory aspect. And um, as a nine, that's often what I wish I could communicate to people, or I wish that the people in my life were, were very curious about that. But it takes a lot for me to reveal that, that location that I'm living at. You know, one thing I've noticed about nines is they're hoping that people aren't paying close attention because to be honest, it's not truly possible to hide your reactions. Like, I mean, there are all these little tells. I think most nines yeah. are... They have a calm exterior, but you can st if you're looking closely, you can see the reactions. And so for someone like me, like a sexual ache who's, you know, like paying demonic attention to someone. <laughs> so like I've I've dated I've dated a bunch of um, you know, sexual last nines, which are really hard to read, but when you're staring at someone very closely, uh, you can you can notice that see their eyelid twitching with rage 
that's yeah. that's this, really the truth though that's that's actually the truth so sorry i'm gonna hijack this for a second um is when sebastian and i my partner is a seven um self-press seven when my partner and i are in an argument or like some sort of conflict or anything like that um and he's telling me where he stands he'll he'll just be and and suddenly his tone will switch because i did something apparently to let him know that i'm not there I'm not like with him, resonating with him anymore. And he'll stop like mid-sentence and be like, oh wait, is that fine? And then I have to check in with myself and be like, shit, what did I give away? Is that fine? <laughs> is yeah, that, I know, is I that, know right? that conversation yeah. well. <laughs> so I'm just trying to say that y'all nice think you're being poker faces, but not. it's not, you're not really. If, no, great. Especially <laughs> with, with partners who've stayed with you a long time have learned your tells it's written on your face and especially because nines are somatic types the body does not lie well i'm gonna re- i'm gonna repress myself even more than there's there's few things as pleasurable to me as being found out in the moment so when there's a partner that can perceive that subtle shift that just happened that to me is for, I, I mean, maybe for all sexual minds, I don't know, but that right there is, is like an erotic ecstasy. Mm-hmm. Being found out, being caught. I know that sounds a little bit strange, but when somebody perceives like, oh, that's, that's what's happening with you right now. And especially yeah. if there's even like a little bit of a confrontation around it where that experience gets invited forward, that's highly erotic for me as a, as a sexual mind. Damn, erotic. Yeah, I relate to that a little bit. I don't think I would call it erotic, but I do feel it as as Yeah, you would. I I do feel it. I do feel it as comfort. I do feel it as like, oh, you see it and you care. Like, wow, what do I do with this now? Mm. Well, it's kind of it kind of sounds like uh the six experiencing like the worst case scenario. They're like, oh, well, it's here. Now Mm -hmm. I've prepared for it, so we're good. Nothing worse can happen. So, so I guess you guys are saying that being paid really close attention to is, is really important. It's a turn on and it's comforting. Yes. Taking, taking notes. I'm just taking notes. <laughs> How to get a nine. That is the goal of this podcast. How to yeah. get a pay attention. Just, so y'all know what I'm trying to do. Here. <laughs> yeah. So well, that's does- a whole. Oh, that's a whole other kind of being seen too, you know, mm-hmm. that's not, that's not the typical being seen way we think of that phrase, right? That's like being seen at a really sort of subtle level. And it's again, a body level, right? Cause there's an energetic shift. You're saying you want that other person to perceive that shift, right? Mm-hmm. So how, yeah. how would you all distinguish this from an image type being seen? Well, how would you distinguish it? You're you're an image type. I don't know. Um, <laughs> Good question. Flipping it back on Look him. Look at this girl. <laughs> this is not what I signed up for when I wanted to talk to a bunch of nines. Um, John yeah, was just going to roast gonna be... all the nines. Yeah. <laughs> my answer was going to be that I have no clue. Like, I have no clue how to answer that. So... Yeah, let's focus on John. <laughs> Tara just uh, revealed my emotional location. Um, ding, ding, ding. So it, it, I mean, there, it's sort of like with when it comes to the nine space, there is a there's intuitive quality that I I I understand nine, but then 
a lot of the direct experience stuff you guys are talking to speaking to it's like i i get it conceptually and intellectually but like the adult sense of it is hard so um i think an image type there's two levels uh on one hand there's i actually don't want to be seen um on on the first level like you know there's shame is underneath the persona or the self image of of image types and so uh you know i don't want what's underneath to be really seen like i i want little qualities of it to come through and in, in um how i'm expressing myself and acting in the world but like uh there's a lot of just feeling like i'm shit um but then on this other level like like being seen is is like um it's related to intimacy and i'm not saying that the the, the body type thing is is not related to intimacy but it uh, it could be I, I just don't know but um the being seen thing is like uh yeah it's like it's it's definitely like a heart-based sense of being deeply intimate and met and uh and known and it, you know when you when you talk about having a heart to heart with somebody kind of that thing but it's it's more than that it's like um it's not merging but it's like a some kind of deep encounter and that's where like being seen pl comes in so i don't know how how that sits with y'all's experience of being seen okay so to add to also being an image type right mm -hmm. so, yeah okay yes. my, my brain like <laughs> blanked for a second i was like Wait. <laughs> <laughs> all right anyway um so also being an image type being seen and met is terrifying but once you get to that second level that john was talking about it's almost for me like being held as a child like in a very like very mm. um <clears throat> primal intimacy of like this like being held as a like a small child like it's a, it's a heart experience i don't know how else to put it but that's what comes up for me mm. yeah I resonate. I would say that my experience with with um image types versus nines is that um nines they want to be it's almost like I want someone to pay attention to my somatic reactions. Nines are putting a lot of signals that I don't like this through sort of a body communication style. And as an aid is something that I pay attention to the somatic environment as well. And so I think I, I get the sense that nines want me to pick up on these nonverbal cues of their internal state and know, okay, she doesn't like that. Let me move away from that topic that I'm talking about because she just moved her elbow this way and looked the other way, you know. Um, whereas image types, there's a lot more about mirroring that's going on where where like they're presenting an, an image to me and saying you know, this is a fragment of myself do you resonate with it and um so it's a little it feels a little bit more about intimacy and about like mirroring 
Um, and it's more about, I don't know, it, with nines, it just feels like you have to pick up on these sort of little, um, little cues that are pointing, that are suggesting something going on inside. Like you really have to pay attention to the somatic communication. It's very nonverbal, whereas image types- well, it's a doorway. That's the way mm -hmm. I experience it is that all of that somatic information is a doorway into the deeper experience. Yes. And I may not even be conscious of all of the emotional, mental garbage that's going on or, or whatever it is. You know, it's like all of this information mentally, emotionally can be there. And it, a lot of it's bleeding and a lot of it's just arising, abiding, passing, whatever, just swirling there. But the somatic experience, all of that is, is already happening within it. And to me, that's what's trustable. So my first response to something is happening in the body. And so when a partner is relating to me through those, that somatic language, often I reach the truth of my conclusion much quicker. Huh. And so to me, that's, that's why the, the body is so powerful, like that, that language. Because I'm not always aware of all of the emotional context, but my body is. It's registering whether or not, whether I feel safe or whether I feel opened or whether I feel connected to someone. It's there and it's an undeniable experience. Whereas the emotion and the mental stuff is, you know, swirling. And when That's I'm with- super, and, Sorry, go mm -hmm. ahead, sorry. Oh no, please, please. Well, that's just super uh, well-spoken and like bringing up for me, uh, like a lot of the difference, like from not just nines, but body types in general, I feel like uh, there's wanting to be, on a certain level, you call it merged. Like like some of the words we're using is like attuned, there's uh, vibration and resonating and and being on like on a similar kind of body level wavelength of sharing in the same matter in a certain way. And, um, you know, even with eights, it's like you, you need to meet eights where they're at. You know, it's like you can't hide and go, oh, 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 you know, like the, you have to like you meet them with with a certain kind of energy for them to feel you. And so um, but there's a but what's what, what's an interesting point you're making, Tara, is is that you're not always aware of all the stuff going on, but there's always stuff going on. And. Like, I think from an image perspective, it's like there's a there's almost too much seeing. Whereas like, it sounds like on a body level, there's like stuff going on and it's like, sometimes you see it, sometimes you don't. But on the image level, it's like you're seeing everything way too in focus and clear and, mm -hmm. and whether it's your own states, other people's states, uh, whatever. But it's like, there, there's, there's, a, there's something different qualitatively in, the, in what I'm calling seeing that is, um, it's just a very different place. Because right, for me, the the image no. stuff is is almost just distracting, and like we're and yeah. and to get to the intimacy, we're trying to get to that somatic <laughs> level, and that's where I think we're for an image type that's going into the heart, for, particularly for four. Yeah, would be like, how can I get beneath all this image swirling stuff to to rest into the heart? Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's all heart. Yeah, the 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 sensory correlations are interesting you know seeing versus uh resonating and hearing and vibrating right i mean um seeing is sort of like a uh i don't know almost a still picture of a special moment of connection let's say right 
it's uh it's the it's or if or um you know like the the mother child looking into each other's eyes um and there's a that's a moment of um a special right. a specialness right there's a special moment right there right um as compared to um sort of the underlying beingness let's say that is the eternal truth of the connection or something i don't know yeah yeah that makes sense yeah beautiful yeah i i think it's interesting to to look at the the differences in in what for example sexual types that are image types for i've i've um dated a sexual three and the experience of dating a sexual three versus a sexual nine for example and what those types are insecure about or how they express what they're insecure about and for me it it always felt like um the level of self-consciousness that i experienced with a sexual three because it felt like there's me, there's her, and then there's this giant mirror that she's brought with her <laughs> that, <laughs> that, is, that she yep. knows that I can see, and she's always asking me if I'm okay with what I'm seeing, yep. and she's self-conscious of what's going on in the mirror. Yep. Um, and it's so, like, my experience with nines is that it's, it's really about the experience. I'm, I'm a body type, so it's all about the experience, and we can just swim in this experience together. And we don't have to talk, and um, it's almost like there's a little bit of a not thereness, uh, and we're just in this co-experience that we have together through our bodies. Whereas with image types, it's not necessarily just about the experience; it's about this image of what does this look like? What does it look like for me to be with you? Um, these characteristics that you have, our friends. What do you think about this aspect of my life? I'm afraid to tell you this thing about me, and what? And what's it all? What are all the images saying about me? Yeah, yeah. Uh it's really interesting and to the, the different things that um the image center versus the body center prioritizes and and how that changes what people get really insecure about. Yeah, and it uh it took me a long long time, like probably the first year of me and my boyfriend's relationship to be okay with just sitting in the experience. And there were many times in the first year of us dating where I was constantly asking, like, is this okay? Like, what are you thinking? What's going on here? Why, why are we just sitting in silence? <laughs> and yeah, so it's, it's interesting kind of getting uh, like a peephole into you guys' mind that I don't normally get. So thank you for sharing. <laughs> I, I really love the image of the mirror that you brought into the relationship that with yeah. the sexual three. I yep. think that that's really spot on for what it's like to be with an image type. And it's important to make this distinction for anyone who's listening, who's uh, thinking they might be a nine versus a four or an image type, that image center and, and image center orientation and how vastly different that is from being a body center. Um, it's a completely, entirely different universes. Yeah. And, and, and adding to that, like, I think it's easy for people to get the sense that image means picture, mm -hmm. you know, like, oh, mm -hmm. this is the good picture of a relationship or a good picture of this, or this is the picture of me I want you to carry around. And, and it's, 
it's much more three-dimensional than that. It's not like a picture or some, you know, it's, it's like, I don't know if this is a useful contrast, but, you know, in mystical traditions, they always talk about like layers of the heart. And it does feel like there's layers or stations. And so it's like, I want you to get it at those levels or to be able to make contact with those levels, you know? And so in a sense, there is that frozen quality. It's not a, frozen, not the right word, but there's, a, you know, that, that image thing, you know, it's like what David was speaking to before that it's not as like this undulating, resonating kind of thing. It's, it's, it's where we're seeing from and together. Um, one time, David, I know this was like a description of how threes relate to the image. So I know it doesn't relate to all image types, but uh, David once put it as um, threes feel as though there's a camera on us all the time and we're constantly performing for it. And I don't know if it was like just self-pres threes. I don't really remember what you said, but uh, that resonated with me. Like at all times, I feel like there's a camera and throughout my entire life, constantly feel like there's a camera like consciously i'm aware that mm. there is someone watching john do you resonate with that at all no i don't resonate with feeling like there's a camera or some kind of performance but there is like a camera so to speak a lens going on in my inner life all the time okay like my my impressions it's like under under extreme examination like microscopic examination at all times and uh and and then from that, from image or from whatever, there comes interpretation and meaning assigned. So like, I think, you know, like I paint and um, I think that it's it's kind of like, it's kind of like a useful way, at least for me to think about images is in terms of the way painting becomes uh, a certain kind of sensibility or meaning. It's not so much a concrete like snapshot. It's like a you know the colors in a painting all evoke something and and there's there, everything is in relationship and the contrast is in a, in a certain something and it, it evokes something and it's not always something that you can name or verbalize or articulate but it's it's kind of more like thinking about painting versus music which sounds like music sounds seems more body centered to me just in this metaphor is it is uh, one word that i'm wondering might fit sort of for what you're talking about john is the word story-esque right like it's a it's uh to what the images it's not flat images it's i mean it's it's stories that are more um as you said three three-dimensional like a story would be like a uh, is that does that i don't know if that's getting at it somewhat i think of it more like mandala <clears throat> kind of image like okay that there's these sort of layers and interfacing things. And like, I even think in terms of, um, I even think in terms of images. And so it's like, some, but sometimes they're like highly abstract, but they kind of uh, come out of the void in a certain way for me. Hmm. That's interesting. Yeah. Anyways, back to nine. <laughs> I'm just, I'm lost in everything that, that, um, that just got said around, you know, the difference between, you know, like the painting versus the music. It really struck me um, and how the image types almost there's an invitation to, I want you to engage with this painting. This is my greatest work of art right here. Mm. This image mm -hmm. that I have so carefully constructed, you know, through, through, through all my observations, I have created this, this performance for you. 
Mm-hmm. And now I want, you know, I'm inviting you to dance with this. I mean, and I want you to, to feel the music through this, this painting, through this, this, you know, this art that I've created for you. And I find that a lot of times in my experience with image types that I'm attempting to meet them in a place of like, oh, that's a, that's an amazing thing that you've made. This is an amazing art that you just, that you just painted, that you just created. Now, what happens if we, if we move that aside? you know, what's, what's behind the painting or, or where did the painting mm. come from? And let's touch that place. Yeah. And that's where I, um, I think I lose a lot of the image types and they're like, okay, see you later. <laughs> we've we've <Yeah>. had enough. <laughs> we, we've well, done enough here. <laughs> th- there is a sense of, of creativity that I, I like that you're touching on that like the, you know, and again, it's just like reaching in an abstract space, but like the creative process of self or something that um, if you can join me in the creative process, which is like on a different wavelength than the sort of body center stuff we're speaking to. Yeah. Yeah. Can you dance with me within this character, this, this, um, this, this painting that you said that I've, that I've crafted, I've crafted to communicate who I am, but that like, it seems that there's, they, they want, they, that that's really important to them. And the narcissistic aspect is like, this is an amazing fucking painting. <laughs> Look at how behold, I am. Behold myself. <laughs> that was funny. With the senses too, again, I, I think of, uh, so image types, obviously it's eyes. And then for nine, I think of it as like the whole body is an ear. Yes. Yeah. The whole body is an ear. So the whole body that's, that's taking just like an ear is taking in vibration, taking in Mm. that, that gets into music, da, 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 da. Right. So frequency and so on. And it's, um, yeah, it's got that. It's, it's, um, it's in some sense, it's not functional relative to image is because it's an ear. Yeah, the whole body is listening. Yeah. Um, so, go ahead. Uh, um, so I did have an experience. I had um, an ex who was an image type. He was a social three. So I've been thinking about what you guys are saying, and it does, it does feel very much like that. Where our relationship was a lot of him asking me to admire what he has, yeah, what he has created. Whereas from my angle, it felt more like like me unknowingly asking him to dig to see that I am that already is mm. that is that making sense it's it's there's no because I don't really relate to the crafting I relate to finding it within myself that it's already there mm-hmm. so it's more maybe to to That's move with the metaphor that that Tara yeah. was talking about that it is the door I need someone to walk through that door or to like dust it off or uncover or dig or something like that it's there I just I don't know how to bring it forward myself so please come find it for me <laughs> just so like n- nine relates to generally beingness so you're looking for what already is mm-hmm. I want to be recognized you know maybe it's maybe it is nine but like the way that I relate to being to to needing to be seen is I want to be seen for the value that I'm not actually showing wow what I'm what exactly. strikes me yeah what's striking me is what you guys are saying what you guys are saying is the the inner need for nines for someone to help 
bring them out of themselves. Mm-hmm. Like yes. someone who's going to help me uncover myself. I know it's here. Someone who recognizes that there is hidden treasure underneath this calm exterior and is going to help me uncover what's already there. Yes. Yeah. Help me so, reveal myself. So then the then something that brings up for me is then so how do we contrast that with what we call self-absorption for fours? That's what I was going to bring up. Yeah. What, what do you mean what do you mean David? Well, I mean we 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 talk about like one of the ways we're always knocking off all these nines that think they're fours is hey, you're not self-absorbed enough, buddy. You know, mm. <laughs> yeah. but there so, is a sense of self-absorption with like all the nines that I have met. Like <clears throat> they, they're very self-absorbed. Yeah, right. there definitely is like the, an, a, a specific flavor <clears throat> of narcissism and self-absorption to to um to nine. I don't no. think I really know how to differentiate it from four. Maybe that it's just not surface. That it's not it's not forward enough. Well, one one know. way to one way to say it is that the four is isn't doing the constant receptivity of the whole environment and everyone around. So that's oh. a that's one way to say it. Nines are doing both, right? Let's say it, it well, seems uh, that. Go ahead, John. Um, well, one, one way I would think of it is is regarding like whatever we were joking about earlier, where I was like, "This is this is how I'm feeling," you know. <laughs> The self-absorption is like, these are specific important states and like, I'm going to hold them in your face, you know, like you're going to see them. Yeah. And um, whereas the self-absorption of nine tends to be a little bit more passive and a little bit more like, yeah, like I want you to come after it. I don't even exactly know what I want you to come after. Yeah. Whereas like the fourth thing, it's like, even if, even if I withdraw and I want your attention, it's like, I fucking know what I want you to see. Like it's I want super articulated. Yeah. Yeah. Hyper articulated. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe nine is more diffused in that sense too. Cause yeah. I do relate to what you were talking about or to what you just said. And like, I don't really know the kind of attention I want, but I know I want something, but and I don't, but it's your, please figure it, it out. <laughs> it's my whole being. I want, it's my whole being you're supposed to absorb. Or, yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, it is. That's yeah. a big ask guys. <laughs> as opposed, as opposed to the four thing, John's, I'm John's saying, no, look at this exact thing right here. This line. Yes. Right. Yeah. Yeah. yeah fours are, extremely hyper specific their yeses or nos are specific they have yeah. all these self-specific uh preferences so you're never going to be dealing with the four and not knowing where they stand it's like they hate this they hate that i don't like this <laughs> i like this yeah. whereas nines they're gonna be like oh i don't know and i don't know you know <laughs> yeah and it's like an invitation for you to be like well what about this and what about this and so they can be like it, well i think i might like that and then you just sort of it, spend the rest of your life trying to figure out what they like <laughs> i don't resonate with that oh, as much God, i resonate with that so much <laughs> <laughs> they just want unspecified attention yeah tara i'd I, imagine it's different somewhat different sexual first possibly is more articulated interest yeah i tend to do i i do know more i feel like i have a good sense it's just am i going to reveal it and do i feel safe with that person to tell them 
And so it's the level, it's the quality of the attention, how deep is the attention and how sincere is the attention will determine if I'm able in that moment to cross that great, you know, threshold for me and, and actually reveal, this is what I want. This is what's happening for me. This is what I'm feeling. So I feel right. that there is a specificity. I, I do know what I want a lot of times, in, but I can't communicate that without that quality of attention. Also, when, when someone's, you know, saying, do you like or dislike this thing? The nine sort of has to go into your body to find it and your body doesn't have any words, right? So I've got to find it in my body and then translate totally abstract sensate impressions and maybe hopefully come up with words. And then, and that's a process. That's a slow process for one thing, right? I mean, it's not an instant thing like it is with thoughts and, and vision, right? I do relate a lot to that, David. And that's why if someone's being very sincere and the attention is very present, then I can come up with that information quite quickly. Because mm. I'm also dropped into the space. It's, mm -hmm. I guess I relate more with, oh, the I don't know stuff whenever I'm in a more superficial moment with someone. Mm -hmm. And then I'm also kind of checked out and not listening to the body's internal data. So, uh, you know, I know that we have a limited time left, but something I wanted to return to or touch on uh, before we go is sloth and uh, as the passion of the nine. And I was interested in uh, what y'all were saying in terms of like Tara used the word uh, precious and secret and the sort of sensitive sort of i don't know if safe is the right word but kind of like a safe either inner world or, or a safe place that can be reached when you're when the outer environment is safe and then alexandra you talked i think about um having difficulty uh giving permission to what enters your boundaries mm -hmm. and, and the, those both feel connected and related to sloth to me in some way and i was wondering if either of y'all had uh and David too, if had had anything about that. First of all, she should give a definition for the people. What is sloth? Yeah, who wants to do that? You. All right, I'll do it. No. Sloth is kind of a self-forgetting. It'll it's take like, us too long to say. Yeah, it. yeah, true. <laughs> uh, sloth is this like you know, sloth is traditionally defined as laziness, but it's it's not lazy because you can be quite active and still be slothful, but it's. It's a way that I self-forget or I give up on myself prematurely. And one of the ways it shows up in nine specifically is um, is a kind of inner fragmentation. And there's a sort of a sense that I want this essential sense of harmony, but I need to self-delete or self-negate or self-erase at least different parts of myself that are not going to be congruent with my experience or might feel disruptive to the experience I'm having. And so it's sort of like I'm abandoning parts of myself. And mm -hmm. uh, the suffering is the feeling that I don't really matter. I'm not really needed or wanted or seen. And I allow myself to sort of half exist. And so it can manifest as, you know, anything nine-ish, whether it's going along with stuff that I don't really feel like I, I you know, agree with or give permission to or uh, it can just be kind of living my life through the motions or not really uh, examining my choices in a certain way. Um, 
there's a lot of different manifestations. And if there's any loss that you think are important to add, you know, go for it. But yeah, anyway, I was interested in touching on sloth and the experience of it. Hmm. Um, so for me, it's a lot of it is just like putting it off. I have a lot of um, it feels more like a procrastination for me. Like I do know, and, and, and an issue of how am I going to meet my potential? How much work is that going to take? Or is that possible at all? Um, and I'm sure maybe it's different with me being three fixed um, than Tara and David having a four. But a lot of it is how am I going to bring this forward? That sounds like a lot of work. I'm going to do it later. <laughs> um, and also... Like taking in the suggestions of other people or kind of like not sitting with myself long enough to, to figure out a plan of how to get there. I'm not sure if that's, if that's saying much, but a lot of it doesn't feel like forgetting. Mm. Um, for me, it's more like just holding the intention, but not being able to get up and make it happen. So that's interesting. So like, you know, again, we're, we're contrasting a lot with four because four is in nine or often mistaken in descriptions for each other but like mm -hmm. the fourth thing is to hyper specify and over differentiate you know it's like to get overly clear about what's me versus something else and separate mm -hmm. myself from something else where it sounds like what you're saying is sometimes you'll allow something to get come on board in your inner life uh, or like like earlier you know like you use the word not having giving it permission or something but it still comes in anyway Mm -hmm. Um, there's a lot, I have a lot of resistance towards getting specific with something because it feels like, like, what if a lot of it is what if for me, if I commit to this very niche, very specific thing, then what if I find out that that isn't where my potential lies, or that isn't what resonates most truly for me. And it's actually in this other space that I, I put off in order to pursue this specific, specific thing. So it's wanting to keep it open because, you know, i I don't know where it's going to be. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, go ahead. I was going to say one thing that's interesting about like the word harmony that comes up around nine, it's a really good sort of essential quality is, is like the uh, analogy of a, you know, music again, a lead singer. And then you've got the harmony, the, the, sing the singers that sing the harmony. Right. Mm -hmm. And so, the nines kind of uh, are oriented around, I mean, of course, in literally speaking, there are plenty of nines that are lead singers, but as a personality type, nines are sort of harmonizing with some other lead singer, you know, figuratively speaking, right? And so you're, you're, you're sort of not finding that central thing that is your lead singer, right? And you're, and you're doing all kinds of elaborations on themes that the, that the singer might be doing and sort of not getting to your own central self-differentiating core that is your own melody line that actually others might get on board with and harmonize with you on. I yeah. resonate a lot with that. I, I was actually thinking about this earlier and I made a note of it that for me, what the sloth looks like is I begin to sense that my life is is being whip cracked. You know, um, it's sort of almost uh, when I find myself running around uh, and 
and uh, sometimes being, you know, whipcracked by life almost to the point of exhaustion, trying mm-hmm. to make all these things come together. And I lose my sense of self-possession and I lose my inner compass about what I need to be doing. So it's almost like the opposite of laziness. It, for me, it looks like me being super busy, um, taking on a bunch of demands of other people and trying to uh, create harmony in all these places. And it erases me. And so my own lead singer, my own inner voice gets eclipsed because yep. I have gone into a default mode of trying to create harmony off of you know, my environment for other people, um, having a hard time saying no, uh, things like this, trying to constantly caretake. And so whenever I know that I've gone into a sloth or the self-forgetting, it, you know, it's, it's always with a sense of being whip-cracked by my environment instead of being in the driver's seat standing in that sense of authority with myself hmm. yeah that's nines a, are usually busy people actually even though yeah, it's that's a sloth type <laughs> that's an important point to make because a lot of times people avoid uh, recognizing their own nineness because they think it means that you're just a lazy couch potato that doesn't do anything but uh, a lot of like you're mentioning a lot of nines are so busy running from one thing to the next and you're spreading yourself so thin that mm-hmm. you lose all sense of yourself. Yeah. I lose right. my authority. It's like the self-possession and self-authority is gone. And I'm now just this uh, kind of puppet of life trying to fulfill all this bullshit that may not matter to me at all. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. One thing I wanted to make sure that we hit on is the topic of conflict and a big misconception with nine you know, they call it the peacemaker. And some of that is true, but just, I want you, I want to hear from you guys. Um, what is your experience of conflict and what, what is your experience of, uh, this sort of misconception that nines are always the peacemakers or always after peace? Um, I guess the, how do you make the distinction between dealing with conflict and your own sense of balance? I don't know. I can't go first on this one. <laughs> yes, you can. <laughs> yes, we can. Do um, it. <laughs> I mean, in a way, I I kind of resent the name Peacemaker. Mm. Um, Tell us about this resentment, please. Get angry about it. Get <laughs> <laughs> mad. Um, I mean, I've seen and experienced online uh, that like when I say I'm a nine, someone will come at me and say, oh, you can't be a nine because you're starting shit right now. Mm-hmm. You know, and I'm like, well, I mean, isn't that the fucking point? <laughs> like, isn't that isn't that what a nine supposed to be doing and, get, and getting away from being that peacemaker? I think like, OK, um, I have to bring this back to uh, relationships, I assume, because um, that's where a lot of my like growth and experiences come from. Um, so peacemaking in its most honest degree for me is including myself in conflict because what happens when I don't in, in the, um, in the relationship world is I'm forgetting that I'm half of that relationship. I'm getting sour. I'm getting angry. And then peace is really starting to go away. Peace is really starting to decline. So the idea, I don't know, the idea of peacemaking being this, um, you kind of have to keep yourself quiet in order to keep everything harmonious. That seems to be the overall assumption. It just, I don't know, it doesn't sit well with me. I can develop this farther. I just, that's that's where it's starting for me. I, 
I really like that, Alexandra, like you said, um, that you're part of this equation and part of keeping the harmony harmony and the peace is to be able to be uh, participating in the conflict mm-hmm. and paint yourself into the picture and show yeah. up because that's the opposite of sloth, right? That's showing up and saying, I'm here. This is the emotional location. This is what's happening. This is what we're dealing with. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the, right? the times. So, oh, go ahead. Oh, yeah, that, but you, that's to me what I heard you saying. Yeah, the times that I have been at my most um, in, in engaged in the most conflict has been after prolonged periods of time where I was, you know, peacekeeping, so to speak. So it feels false. Yeah, yeah, I re- I relate with that. And and the way that nines peacekeep is that just basically not showing up, not doing anything, just letting things roll over. Or is not? Is it like more of a? People sometimes imagine that it's an active peacekeeping. Oh, I'm an mediator. No, yeah, like a mediator. No. I mean, it has been that, but most of the time where I have experienced myself peacekeeping is just taking myself out of the equation. It's just kind of what I was saying to, uh, speaking to earlier, of saying that I'll withhold my, um, I won't reveal my emotional location so that I don't have to deal with another person's reaction. So yeah. that I don't have to deal with the conflict that will come from that. And that's false. That's false peacekeeping. What about yeah. uh, tone policing? Sore subject. A very sore subject. Yeah. Um, <laughs> that's, that should be the name of the, the type nine. Don't call it peacemaker. Call it the tone police. Tone police. Oh my yeah. God. Yes. Um, so I, I've been looking at that. I've been trying to observe like when that happens and what I'm really doing when I start to do that. Um, and I've noticed that when I start to do that or my, my, so my mom is also a nine wing one. So she's, she basically fucking trained me to do that. Um, but I noticed that when it happens, particularly with the two of us, it is because we are trying to get away from the, we're not trying to touch the subject matter. Mm. We're trying to keep it as far away as possible. And so it, it just distracts. It just totally derails the actual substance of the argument so that we don't actually have to deal with it. And then, and then that's what happens. We end up forgetting about it, but then it comes up later. (laughs) So for me, the shadow form of the, or the distorted form of nine, whenever there isn't presence is to let things just roll over and to let things slide. And that would be like a distorted version of peacekeeping because it's false. It's not real. Um, But the, I think the high side of nine is where the nine does show up and they, they paint themselves into the picture. And because they're able to hold the experience of everyone and they're self-possessed enough to articulate their experience and be curious about other people's, then the real power of the peacemaker comes in. Yeah. Because this isn't someone. Thank you. Um, So, so (laughs) I would say that um, that's how I, that's how I see the, the high side of mine in terms of the peacekeeper. And I would also say that my relationship to, to confrontation or to anger um, when I was a little girl and a teenager, I was intensely angry. Um, and I was, I was very connected to it and my family knew I was very connected to it and I didn't have any, um, filter with it actually. So later the default and distorted version of nine started showing up on me, um, where I let things roll and I let things slide and, and sort of started erasing myself as kind of, you know, I lost my self-esteem and my courage and my confidence and all of that. Mm-hmm. Then the distorted version started showing up 
during the journey more of healing, what I found was that reconnecting um, to the anger uh, and allowing that life force, almost I, I, I identify it as like the bloodlust of the eight. When that energy starts going in me and it's not in its distorted form, but there's an honesty with it, it's highly um, alive for me. And it actually feels really good. Um, but that's only if it's coming forward in more of a way of anger is letting me know what I don't want. And it's challenging me to show up and paint myself into that experience. Um, so I would say that anger for a nine is like a really beautiful thing, actually. And because uh, a nines are so much of a peacekeeper, when anger is, is whenever I contact anger, and then I, I'm also curious about other people's experience, a lot of good stuff can come from that. It doesn't have to be this explosive, volatile, um, kind of homicidal nine rage. <laughs> it can be like, and I've had Lit. those, you know, I've definitely had those. And, and my family, has, you know, uh, your family is dead now. No, no, their, their bodies are in the basement. <laughs> Um, well, so <laughs> she's not denying it. <laughs> Notice she didn't deny. Oh my god, sorry. Anyway. We've come through a lot of evolutions together, my family and I. And I've, um, and I think like what's really important for me now is that is the, the anger, I often don't feel it or I don't allow myself to feel it. But when I do now that I'm in a healthier version of myself, it's, um, it's powerful and actually feels really good lets me know what I don't want and gives me energy um, to do stuff. Like I get up and there's also, it's also life force. It's erotic energy. It's all of that, you know? So I think it's important for nines to not deny that experience and to try to tap into it at a somatic level. I wanted to ask y'all, how do you feel that the Enneagram world or literature or posting or whatever at large uh, how do you feel that nine is mischaracterized and how would you, um, what do you think is not really well understood or needs to, where, what, where does the focus in, in terms of trying to describe the inner dynamics or just the personality features of nine need to shift to, or what is unrepresented generally in nine descriptions, if any of that's. Well, to me, it's, uh, a lot of stuff around creativity and including conceptual creativity and, you know, just, um, I mean, an easy way to talk about it, I guess, is just certain well-known people that are nines, Carl Jung and, you know what I mean? And, and certain musicians and so on. Um, uh, yeah, just that it, it gets mentioned occasionally that nines are creative, but, um, the number of nines that are influential creative people is it's it's a significant number it's not just kind of maybe some sort nines here and there it's it's kind of a lot and so i i of course 974 triple crazy fantastic creative uh i've got a lot of ego invested in that so that's part of why i'm saying all that but um <laughs> anyway uh that's a that's a major um, but, but again, also even, uh, conceptual creativity in, in areas that, that go into, you know, the sciences and, and 
and psychology and and so forth to me is something that doesn't get emphasized enough and I, and one thing too is there's almost a poetic uh, sense of why there is all of this misunderstanding about nine. I mean, it makes sense in a way that there would be. I mean, as a, you know, just the the metaphor of nine is this kind of vast ocean wateriness of non-distinctness is part of the essential quality of nine, right? So anything I might want to say about any everything I just said is gets in some sense, energetically dispersed, right? And it doesn't stay in clear form, right? And so um, I don't mean to sound like we're doomed, but, you know, there's that quality of, <laughs> of that that is actually part of the energy of nine is, is the non-clarity of nine, right? And so um, clearing up misconceptions is, uh, it's, it is a, a bit of a project and people are going to have to really see us. <laughs> oh. Anyway. How much work? Yeah, a lot. I mean, a it's lifetime o- oceans, oceans. You guys expect a lot of us. Yeah. <laughs> and we want to be seen fully through and through. <laughs> but also you don't want to be a burden, so. <laughs> well. Cross some oceans for us, <laughs> but not if it's a burden to us. But only if you want no, to. No, but only I, if you I, want I, I would, to. <laughs> no, I'll put that burden on you, Nancy. Oh, okay. Well, I I didn't ask for it, so no thanks. <laughs> Tara and Alexandra, do you have any things you want to say about the misconceptions or descriptions of nine that? that um. I think David covered a lot of them. I think maybe some of the manifestations of um, anger, like what we give our permission or what we give ourselves permission. Uh, well, maybe not permission, but how it sort of leaks out. Like I think some of the cattiness and the fussiness and just like the general bitchiness sometimes just isn't talked about. And um, I've heard that people, because that's represented in, um, or I don't know, just talked about in type four or eight or seven or even six that people will see themselves in that it's in nine too. (laughs) And it just, it's not talked about at all. Secret critic. Yeah. The tone policing is a big aspect Mm -hmm. of like the the style that nines go at, how nines go at each other or Mm -hmm. at people, the aggression of nine, it comes out in, in that sort of and by tone policing, we should define that. It's like uh, no one should be mean to anybody. Mm-hmm. No one should, no one should have an attitude. Yeah, it, yeah. Like I get it all the time. So, like I, you know, like especially online where I say something that I think is like plain or whatever, but it's a little bit contrary to like a popularly accepted view, and then it becomes about you shouldn't have contradicted the authority on that part of the enneagram or. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, or they'll go after like your etiquette in, in absolutely how, how yeah, I said how it. How it was said. Yeah. <laughs> Completely avoiding what I said. Or how dare you do this? Or you you know, if you say that a lot of people are probably actually nines, then this and this, or you know, it's like these kind of things. I mean, even politically speaking, it's like, you know, I'm very outspoken in my political views. And so I'm I don't think I'm rude about them, but I'm just straight up and then it's like, well, 
that's a very mean way to say that thing I agree with. <laughs> uh, I apologize on behalf of all of them and us. <laughs> I will hold it against you, but thank you. I'll Good. say I'll say that uh, you know an unfair thing about nine is that you know four gets labeled creative type, five is labeled the smart type, uh, and so nine often is like blank. Yeah, yeah, we just get nice and that's nothing else and nothing else. And like, I personally, I don't feel like I'm not nice. So I don't know. <laughs> Definitely not nice. Definitely. The no. CQ. <laughs> CQ. Yeah. This, this we, we sort of benign, this sort of benign <laughs> bubblegum image that people mm-hmm. have of nine Aww. is is not true at all, I think. I mean, I mean, it can be. That it nines can be. can be doormats and they can be just agreeable and all of this. But that's just like the, you know, the shadow version of the peacekeeping um that's that's definitely not where all nines live there's a there's a broad range and I think for um a lot of the instinctual types there's the sense of self-autonomy and authority within and uh they can be forces they can be um really seated in what they do want and I don't think it's I, I think this blanket image of of nines who are kind of lazy, benign, uh, and uh, just agreeable is is one version of the nine that's on autopilot. And when they're connected to themselves, I think, and when they're fully online, they're anything but that. Mm-hmm. I agree. Cool. So you All heard right, it here guys. first. You heard it here first. Nines are jerks. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for Assholes. listening. <laughs> there's there's a massive thread right now in one of these what is it, any grand place with about this nine win one dude that's supposedly like a big jerk to everyone. Like, <laughs> oh yeah. The, the Did I just con- sound like a jerk? Is that what <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> I mean, out of all of us, the most controversial over the years, the most controversial forum poster is our very resi- very own resident nine-wing one suppressed mm-hmm. sexual David Gray. <laughs> yeah. We, yeah. I, I've been sort of at the forefront of some of these, of us, of several of us getting kicked out and <laughs> yeah, of, of different yeah. groups. Yeah, just, David just being like, yeah, well, I, I just think nines are more creative than you think it is like no the biggest asshole asshole of the group is a nine (laughs) (laughs) and and like the real the real mastermind behind the not a four thing is nine yes (laughs) like relentless daily weekly oh yeah and I'm just and David's like way of speaking like I'm just gonna find the thing that's gonna annoy the most people. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. that's a, well, and that's a good one. That's a good uh, shadow thing too. You know, I mean, good is who knows what I mean. But, you know, <laughs> shadow. You know, I mean, right. So in 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 context with people in person, of course, there's the the smooth nine thing going on for me so of course there's and it happens actually uh, i'll say especially a lot of male nines although there's some women like your friend john um (laughs) uh that are actually relentless you know antagonists online i mean and they're and and actually the nines are the worst i mean and by a significant margin i mean like it's it's worse than the 
quote unquote crazy reactive sixes, right? Nines are just because they're stubborn, right? And they know. Yeah, right? and they know the most stubborn yeah. because it's coming from that deep knowing, knowing universe place. Yeah. Yeah. You heard it here. Nines are trolls. Yeah. <laughs> Later, good night. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you very much. Mind crossing. <laughs> Nobody.